Good evening and welcome to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA players, legends, and top instructors go to share their insights and playing lessons. Join Chris every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as he talks with the greats of the game. Tonight's show is sponsored by the French Lick Resort, Ben Hogan Golf, the PGA Tour Superstore, the Salt Creek Golf Retreat, TaylorMade Golf, the Bobby Jones Apparel Company, and Super Speed Golf. Now here's your host... Chris Mascaro. Good evening, folks, and welcome to Next on the Tee. I am your host, Chris Mascaro, and, and I hope all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. On, on top of all of the great food, football, and family, I Hope you got an opportunity to go out and play some golf. And as I said to you guys last week, I am so thankful for a great family, great parents, a wonderful wife, three great kids that I've been blessed with. And and I got to spend some time with all of them last week, which was great fun. So now we march on towards Christmas or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, whatever holiday you choose to celebrate, right? So soak in this time of year, folks. It is a, a truly magical season and it's and it's my p- favorite part of the year. So I hope all of you have a very blessed, happy, safe, and successful holiday season. Tonight, we've we got a special show in store for you because I get two of my all-time favorite guests with me tonight. Plus, we get to make a new friend a little bit later on in the show. My first guest is going to be Mitch Lawrence. You guys know how much I love Mitch and his brother, Matthew, two of the finest people that you get to meet in this life. And and uh, like I tell Mitch all the time, really good to be him. He recently went back and played Pinehurst number two, which we'll hear about. Also want to get Mitch's thoughts on the match, right? The Tiger Phil event from last Friday. Plus, I'm going to throw him a few curveballs tonight. Uh, go check out my Twitter feed at CT Mascara or my page on Facebook, and you're going to see one of the things we'll talk about. And really looking forward to having Mitch back on the show with me here in just a few minutes. Following him, I'm going to get a return visit from one of the top instructors on the planet, and that's Tom Patry. Today, Golf Tiff Magazine, oh, by the way, named Tom one of the top 25 instructors, which is very richly deserved. I'm going to talk to Tom about the importance of getting fit for new clubs, right? We, For all of you that just went out and purchased new clubs, whether it was on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, or you're planning to get new clubs or hoping to get new clubs this holiday season, we're going to talk about you know, how to go about and why it's so important for all of us, not just the best players, all of us, to go get properly fit. We'll also talk about how not to get into analysis paralysis when you go have your swing analyzed or you start taking lessons. And plus, for those of us out there that are old enough to play on the senior tour, we're going to talk about how can we continue to play good golf as we age. So a lot more great information coming from Tom, and he'll join me a little bit later on this half hour. Then we'll round out tonight's show with a visit from Golf Tech co-founder and CEO, Joe Ossel. I'm going to talk to Joe about, you know, hey, you look at his career. Went from graduating from Mississippi State's golf management program to be in Colorado's PGA Teacher of the Year only four years later. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how he got the idea to start Golf Tech. Where did that come from? And how they've become the world's largest employer of PGA professionals and the amazing technology they have to show all of us what it's going to take for you and what numbers we need to get, right? You talk about all the numbers and all the analysis and all the tools, right? What numbers do we need to show if we're a 20 handicap, we want to get to 10? 
And then from 10, if we want to get down into the low single digits. And then what do the pros do? What numbers are they seeing when they're on the different golf, you know, whether it's TrackMan or, or whichever analysis tool that they use? So we'll talk about all of those numbers and a whole lot more when he joins me about 40 minutes from now. So a lot more great stories, information, and tips coming your way tonight on this edition of Next on the T. And again, thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with me tonight. Before we get started, now here's where I would typically remind you about Mitch Lawrence's great podcast, Talking Golf Getaways, but since he's joining me in just a few minutes, I'll save that for his intro. But I will remind you about his twin brother, Matthew, and his show, Backspin Golf, which is on hiatus for a couple of months, which you guys all know is driving me nuts. But, you know, Matthew is ruining my Sunday mornings, but his show is absolutely fantastic. It typically airs on ESPN Radio AM 1300 up in Lexington, Kentucky. And you can, you know, go online still and listen to his shows. There's archived episodes as a podcast by going to WLXG.com or doing what I did, which is download the WLXG app. Again, it's called Backspin Golf. And again, you can stream this season's shows as a podcast on WLXG.com or on the WLXG app. And folks, as you know, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from our good friend Steve Rondonero about all the great things they've got going on up there. Play legendary golf at French Lick Resort, the only place in the country where you can play courses by two Hall of Fame designers on the same property. Our Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses offer two very different challenges. Experience them both and save with our Hall of Fame package. Our two historic hotels are unique as well. Cap it off with a fun visit to the French Lick Casino. Check us out online at FrenchLick.com. Bring a group and save even more. Play legendary golf this season at French Lick Resort. Yeah, folks, be sure to go online to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself what a wonderful place it is and to book your stay as well. I also want to tell you about our good friends at the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. Now, folks, if you haven't hit Ben Hogan iron since the 80s or 90s, do yourself a favor. Get a demo iron from either their Fort Worth, PTX or new edge irons and go out on the range and compare them to whatever you have. All Ben Hogan irons and wedges are handcrafted one at a time in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. No mass production, no shortcuts. Now you can order custom-made irons, wedges, and hybrids by going online to BenHoganGolf.com. And they're going to build those clubs to your specification. And best of all, charge you a fraction of the typical retail price. Check out their complete line of forged irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, bags, and accessories, again, by going online to BenHoganGolf.com. Please also check out the Bobby Jones Apparel Company by going online to BobbyJones.com. Their holiday collection is out. A tribute to the golf films Bobby Jones made with the biggest stars from the early 1930s, resulting in a renewal of authentic sportswear for many roles that you know he played and we all play in life. See it online by going to bobbyjones.com. All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Mitch Lawrence. And as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the Lawrence Brothers. Mitch has become a really wonderful friend. You typically hear me mention his show, Talking Golf Getaways, every week at the top of the show because, A, it's fantastic, and, B, I listen all the time. You know, he, When he comes on the show, it is just so much fun for me. It's always a special segment. You know, you go back and you listen to his shows. Again, fantastic. Mary's golf, travel, and even food at some of the best resorts around the world. And their show is available as a podcast on golfnewsnet.com, Audio Boom, iTunes, Stitcher, really anywhere you choose to consume your podcast. And beyond the show, you'll probably recognize him from his acting days in TV and in movies. He was in things like Santa Barbara, 
the hand that rocks the cradle, one tree hill, Dawson's Creek from the earth to the moon in living color, not necessarily the news, L.A. law, the $25,000 pyramid, which we'll talk about shortly. And uh, I'm really thrilled that uh, Mitch is taking time out of his night to come back and be a part of the show. Hey, Mitch, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Thank you for, ah, thank you for those words. I always say it, but you are, you are the best. You're seamless, man. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, my friend. So, Mitch, I want to start our time tonight, first of all, by getting your thoughts on the match. Did you watch the Tiger and Phil match last Friday? Did they play? <laughs> Jeez, I, I hadn't yeah, heard Yeah, rumor that. has it they played a golf match. I hadn't heard about that. That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched it. Uh, I wasn't one of those people that was, I was interested when it was first announced and there was a couple months of back and forth, good, bad, all the chatter about it. Uh, and from minute one, I was in because the way I've always looked at this kind of stuff, and you can nitpick about various little things. Uh, but in my mind, I said, okay, we've got a chance to watch two of the greatest golfers that have ever picked up a club. Uh, go after each other. And when I saw it was $20, I thought all the people that are railing about spending 20 bucks on this, they, they think nothing of going to a really bad movie, uh, and then spending another 20 on popcorn. Uh, and all the myriad ways that you kind of waste money. If you're into golf and you want to watch something different and hopefully interesting, and we can get to that in a second. Uh, why wouldn't you watch it? So I was, I was in from the beginning and I definitely watched it. Um, I have thoughts about the production, which I won't go into here. Um, okay. Cause I don't think it, I don't think it really serves. I think everybody's got an idea of what they liked and they didn't. Um, what I, what I thought about the actual event, and I had a feeling it might turn out to be that way, although I hope differently, was that you had two guys with very different personalities. Um, you had Phil, who's been involved in high-stakes gambling, well-known, on record. Uh, and that's a whole other kind of story that we don't need to go into here, but very comfortable all the time playing for a lot of money. And a lot of times his own money. And I know he has a lot of it, but he's used to playing for it. Tiger... Obviously, he'll play for his own money, too. He has a lot of games when he's out with his friends and everything else. But to me, he was the, you know, the kind of intense grinder competitor, as opposed to Phil, who's the talking guy and loves to chat. And his whole way of relaxing is to do that. So I was interested to see how they'd handle that. And it kind of turned into what I thought it would turn into, uh, which was Phil, especially at the beginning, much more talkative, Tiger talkative at the beginning and then kind of got into his own space. Um, and I think what what I lost during the four, four and a half hours and what makes this format tough to me is, and I was talking to my wife about it too, when you only have two guys and they're walking and it's four, four and a half hours, uh, you better be locked in. You better be interested. They better be interested. Because as opposed to a regular tournament uh, or even a, a team event like the Ryder Cup, if a couple of guys are playing badly in the singles on Sunday, you go to another match. Here, we didn't have that choice. So I think everybody realized these guys were not playing their best golf. They weren't hitting shots we were used to seeing. 
they were missing putts. Uh, and until 17, and uh, my podcast partner, Darren Bunch, just he was there. Uh, he got to go, and he filed some great reports, which people can find on uh, Golf News Net. Uh, but his whole point, and I had to agree with him, when Tiger chipped in on 17, that's what we had wanted to see for the previous 16 holes. Um, and we really hadn't gotten it. We, we expected to see a birdie out of Phil or hoped to see it. That was anticlimactic on the first hole. And it kind of followed that pace. But on 17, we got a taste of it. And all of a sudden we went, okay, here we go. At least the last few, last hole will be something. Then Phil missed that putt. He could have won. Then we had the 18th. Then we had the overtime playoff, uh, combination of mini golf and driving range holes to decide the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so I guess, you know, in my mind, I, and I've played Shadow Creek. And loved Shadow Creek. Uh, Darren and Brian Orr, our golf photographer extraordinaire, went out and played it. We had an absolutely phenomenal time. It's an amazing place in the middle of the desert. And I'm glad people got to see that part of it. But as far as the actual match, I think it suffered. You know, I think it suffered from not playing well, not having the fireworks we expected, not having the side bets we were led to believe there would be, not the gamesmanship or the the trash talking. Um, I don't know how you felt, but when, when you and I go out with our friends and we just go out for fun and we do the trash talking and we have matches back and forth, um, it was a lot different than what we saw. And I think a lot of us had hoped there would be a lot more of that. Right. Than just, right. just kind of what we got. Uh, yeah, I, I had, I, agree. I, I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if you read about afterwards when they were talking about the PGA Tour kind of getting involved in the side betting and how much there could be. And and I think that really rankles a lot of people. You know, I think we all expected this to be outside the realm of what we we get on tour and right. from these guys. And uh, that part disappointed me, too. I, I, I want to see more stuff like this. I mean, you know me. I'm a traditionalist. I play 100-year-old clubs. I I love the old parts of the game and the traditions of the game. But I also love the games that we have. And I was a big Skins game, Skins game fan. Uh, yeah. I loved when Annika played with the guys at Colonial. I, You know, the, the team matches are fun to me. I love alternate formats, and, and I think I really missed what I hoped would happen during this, although I kind of had a feeling it might turn out that way. So to that end, though, Mitch, and that's the the next thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, because this sort of felt like to me like the old shell matches. And and I do. I'm like you. I miss silly season. I miss the skins game and, you know, the three team challenge or three tour challenge and and all of those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. So are you in favor of more of this next year? Maybe it's you know, some of the younger guys, whether it's a, a Spieth and a, and a Reed or, you know, somebody along those lines. Do you want to see more of that next year? Yeah, I'm always up for it. You know, I think to cut it off because it wasn't what we had hoped it would be, um, I, I'm not in favor of that either. I think we've got enough, hopefully enough people who now have a sense of what it could be. Um you know, I think there's, there's, Darren had a great idea and he, like I said, he just did a, a wrap up pod with, uh, 
our other teammate, Ryan Ballinger on Golf Newsnet, which I really hope people listen to. And Darren, being there, he had some great ideas. He said, you know, there should be one of them, I thought, was to have a kind of an MC out there along. Now, granted, you have to have the right MC. <laughs> and that's a whole other part of this that, again, I'm not going to get into. But, you know, if you have somebody to kind of facilitate back and forth, uh, that might be an idea. In other words, get them out of, I realized there was $9 million on the line. And, you know, I talked to my wife, who is a Hall of Fame pool player, and she brought up a great point. She said, you can say whatever you want before a match of any kind in any one-on-one -on -one sport happens. But once it starts, you go back to being who you are in yourselves. And if you are a grinder competitor, that's who you are going to be. And they, they may want you to talk. But it's, you're not going to compete doing that. It's going to be a whole different thing. So I think who you pick is important. Um, you know, if you had two guys that were more like Phil uh, and liked the talking part and the trash talking and, you know, maybe I said um, I was trying to think of, of who else I would kind of like to see. And I was thinking outside the American tour. And I don't know if you follow Eddie Pepperell at all from the European tour. Yes. English. Yes. I think if you gave me Pat Perez and Eddie Pepperell, I'm in. <laughs> yes. I mean, Agreed. I'm, I'm in for that. I'm into guys who go, okay, this is a gift. Um, and I love Tiger and I love Phil. I, I don't think it has to do with that, but I think you need to find people who are more willing to really take a chance and be out there. And I think more people would be into it. And if you could get, I don't want to see Justin Thomas and Spieth go after each other uh, the way they do in a major, because we know what they're like in a major. I want to see them do it like they do when they go on their little golf holidays with their friends. Right. You know, so maybe, it, maybe it's that it's not for all that money. Maybe it's for less money. Maybe it's all for charity. Maybe it's. I want to see them find a way to let the players, and this is men and women, because I think it would be great to have the women play too. Um, whether that's a combination or the women against the women, I think that's an element that I would love to see. Because again, if you mm -hmm. find the right people, that's what it's about to me, is finding the right people. That's all. Mitch, let's uh, switch things up a little bit. And uh, you recently went back and played Pinehurst number two. So for all of us who are dying to get that opportunity, share that course with us through your eyes. Well, the actual, if I, uh, I did play Pinehurst number two. Uh, I'll get to that in a second, if I may, Chris, because the, the, the original reason for the trip was to see Pinehurst number four. Um, and, so I'm going to start there. Is that okay with you? I know you're the host. And sure, you have absolutely. very strict rules. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you're know me. very strict with your guests. <laughs> I understand. Thank you for recognizing that. But no, go on. <laughs> okay. Um, number four was redesigned, re-given re a new life by Gil Hans. Uh, and I'm sure your listeners know about Gil Hans and who he is and all the great work he's done lately. Uh, they had the opening of number four uh, a couple of months ago, and there was supposed to be a media day the day before the actual opening. Uh, that was when we had some hurricane trouble in this part of the country, as you were aware. So people were traveling from around the country to come in and uh, from the media side. They postponed the media day uh, until 
that's about a month ago. And so that was the real reason why I went was to join those people and go around number four. Uh, I had played number four a number of years ago, and number four is a really interesting case at Pinehurst because it was uh, built by Donald Ross in 1919, it was designed. Uh, but then it was redesigned by Robert Trent Jones, Reese Jones, and Tom Fazio. All three of those guys had a hand in it. Um, and so I had played it the last time uh, after the Fazio redo, uh, and I liked it. Uh, it's Pinehurst. I liked it. But then they brought Gil Hansen to kind of go over it and really um, lend a whole different feeling to it. And I can only say for people that haven't, and it's only been open a little while, so most people have not had a chance to play it, but it is spectacular. And uh, what he did was he went in and he kind of gave the whole place a facelift, the whole of number four. Uh, he reworked it so that now it is much more of a natural feel on the land, as opposed to what Fazio did, which was to create a whole uh, different, not as natural look. I'll just I'll kind of leave it at that. Um, what Gilhans called it was a retrovation, which I loved. He brought mm -hmm. it back to what the original Donald Ross feel was. Uh, it's got elevation changes that um, a lot of Piners doesn't have. There's a central area around the lake that's absolutely beautiful, great holes to play. It's fun. It's player friendly. Um, it's, it's just, I was, I was really blown away by what Gil Hans did there. Um, it goes along with, uh, the cradle, which is the short nine hole course that Gil Hans designed right by the, the, um, clubhouse at Pinehurst. Uh, and that's a fantastic experience also. I won't get into that as much, but he came in, did the, the cradle, it's called first, par three, short nine-hole course that's incredibly fun. And that was done on the land of the really original first Pinehurst, Pinehurst course, which was built by a guy named Leo Culver. Um, and so they took that, they made a par three. There's a huge, giant putting green called Thistledew, which Gil Hans and his team did also. So they've they've added these three elements to to what was already a great Pinehurst destination. The day after number four, uh I went in with my great friend Vic Williams, who's the uh the head guy at Golf Tips magazine, and Vic and I went around number two. And I hadn't played it since the core Crenshaw redesign before the twenty fourteen open. Uh, they, they redesigned it in 2010, but then the open was there in 2014. Um, and I have to tell you, I'd played number two a bunch of times before. I, I always liked it, but more for the history of it than anything else, because it was a monstrously difficult golf course. Have you played number two? I have not. Dying to. Well, we have to remedy that. But, um, <laughs> the course was really hard. The green complexes, are what made and still make number two because they are off the charts challenging. Um, just the way Donald Ross designed them, really, really challenging. But what, uh, what Corin Crenshaw did at number two, they went in and if anybody watched the 2014 U.S. men's and women's open, uh, they took away a lot of the, the kind of hazard areas off the fairway. They brought back the waste areas. Uh, there's still grass in there, but you can play out of it. 
uh, it's a lot more player-friendly tee to green. The greens are still the challenge, uh, and they always will be. Uh, it's a course that the way I talk, Vic and I talked about it, and we said, this is like um, being a prize fighter and loving fighting. You get beat up, but at the end of it, you go, man, that was fun. <laughs> and that's kind of what you feel like at number two. Because unless, even if you're a great golfer, it's still a big challenge. And for us, um, you know, it's, uh, it's everything you want. But the history in all of Pinehurst is, is what it's about. And certainly at number two and now number four again, it's, and they've raised the level of the whole destination of Pinehurst. That's really my takeaway. They are investing in a whole new generation of people coming to Pinehurst and enjoying it. They have fun with the cradle and this putting course like they never had there before. Uh, there's kids there. They're playing the cradle barefoot with music. Um, the oh day my. I got there, there was a yoga class on the, on the kind of on the driving range at the cradle. There were about 50 wow. yoga mats out there. I mean, they're doing stuff that they never did. And if before we leave this, if I can add one note also, they opened a place called the Piners Brewing Company. I know you'll like this. Mm-hmm. This is a couple blocks from down in the village of Pinehurst, what used to be the steam plant that opened in 1895 in Pinehurst and ran everything by steam. That was in disrepair, and they were about to bulldoze it. And then the the guys that, uh, that run the entire Pinehurst uh, you know, uh, area and the destination, um, they decided they wanted to go ahead and renovate that, keep the history of it, and they created the Piners Brewing Company, which is a fabulous restaurant and hang spot, kind of combination of sports bar and brewing company. And they've got their own beers that they're brewing now. They've got 10 huge vats and great IPAs. And we got to hang there both nights that we were there. And uh, that's just a tip for people who are going to go to Pinehurst who maybe haven't experienced it because they don't know it's there. But it's a fabulous place. It's really a great place. Mitch, just a couple more before we let you go. And I'm going to throw you a couple little curveballs. Want to get your thoughts. First, which are, which, I thought baseball season was there, over. <laughs> where is there more pressure for you? Playing in a celebrity golf tournament, doing live theater, or giving clues to a contestant on the bonus round of the $25,000 pyramid? <laughs> Only you would come up with those three. Only you. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's pressure in all of them. Uh, live theater, a lot of pressure. you got to do your job, but you have teammates, unless you're doing a one-person show, which I never did. So um, celebrity golf, I would say the three, celebrity golf is by far the most pressure, and not even close. $25,000 pyramid, which I did a bunch of times. Uh, there's pressure. You want the person you're playing with to win the money, but if they don't, uh, it's not the end of the world. Celebrity golf tournaments, and especially big ones, pro-ams, and played in the Crosby for 16 years in North Carolina with big crowds everywhere, uh, those events are the scariest for players like us because you could literally kill somebody. <laughs> Forget about looking like an idiot. And hitting a bad <laughs> shot, but you could literally kill somebody. So I would say easily the pressure there was the, the most. And Mitch, 
One more. And last month we lost uh, Giants Hall of Fame uh, first baseman Willie McCovey. And you wrote about the times that you played in charity events in San Francisco and getting to spend some time with him. And I loved watching him, you know, when I was growing up. So I wanted to get your thoughts on Willie McCovey. Well, uh, it's really uh, kind of amazing, Chris, because you and I have talked about this before. As all of us that were sports fans growing up had teams and players that we loved. Uh, not once growing up did I ever think I was going to get to hang with a bunch of them. And just luckily, my life turned out that way. And Willie was one of I was a Giants fan, and my brother Matthew was a Dodger fan. So our bedroom was half Dodgers, half Giants. Uh, and that went on as long as we grew up and still goes on now. Uh, but I was a big Giants fan. And so McCovey was a hero of mine. And then I mentioned the Crosby. The first year I went and played in the Crosby, that event was two-person teams. Uh, and there were tons of athletes and actors and various celebrities. And I went down into the bar at the hotel I was staying at uh, one of the first nights. And Willie was there, McCovey, along with a lot of other guys. Said hi to him, was kind of shaking when I did. He's, as you know, huge. He shook my hand and it went up to my elbow. I mean, <laughs> he was enormous. But one of the most soft-spoken, gentle humans I've ever been around. And over the years, I got to, uh, every year you went back, and the second, third year, I kind of really started to bond with him and spent a lot of time at that bar, just one-on-one, -on -one, talking about everything you would want as a sports fan to ask the players that you respected. And then living in L.A., uh, and he was living in San Francisco, he started inviting me up to his tournament um, in San Francisco at uh, San Francisco Golf Club. And so I got to really hang with him a lot, and it was one of the joys of my life to spend that much time with him. And so I was no, sad to see that he went, but I was glad he got to be 80. You know, he had some health issues along the way, but really a fantastic guy and uh, one of the things I'm most grateful for. Mitch, before we let you go, remind our listeners, how can they stay up to date with all the things that you're doing, whether it's the, the podcast or outside of that, and uh, how can they do it online and on social media? Well, the uh, the podcast is uh, going strong. Darren and I are doing a whole bunch of new ones. We've got 120-something podcasts up, and you can find them on golfnewsnet.com or on Stitcher, Audio Boom, iTunes Podcasts, wherever you, as you say, consume your podcasts. Always an interesting phrase that we use. <laughs> um, and uh, social media, at Mitch Lawrence, L-A-U-R-A-N-C-E, on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we're, we're all of us, I know you are too, grateful to be involved in the game and able to share what we love about it with everybody. Indeed. Well, Mitch, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. Always a huge thrill for me to get to spend some time with you. I hope you'll come back and do it again real soon, share more of your stories and your insights with us because you're so fantastic. Always. Love doing it, Chris, and you know how I feel about too, you too. You're one of the best we have. I'm, I'm glad and grateful to always share some time. Thanks, pal. You bet. Happy holidays to you and your family, my friend. We'll catch up soon. You too. That's the great Mitch Lawrence. And again, his show is called Talking Golf Getaways. You can find it on golfnewsnet.com or, like you say, Stitcher, Audio Boom, iTunes, and 
Well, you know, like I say all the time, any, any place you can consume podcasts, you're going to be able to find Talking Golf Getaways. It's absolutely fantastic, folks. You're going to find out all the great insights about places to go play, stay, and like I say, even eat when you're there as well. And uh, Mitch is one of my absolute favorite people on this planet and very thankful to him for coming back and being a part of the show tonight. All right, I've got my next guest, Tom Patry, hanging on the line. And this uh, segment of the show is sponsored by our friends at the PGA's Tour Superstore. Let's hear a word from them, and then we'll get to Tom. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is one of the top instructors anywhere on the planet, and that is Tom Patry. I've been blessed to have Tom on the show with me tonight. It'll make 10 times, uh, which is one of the money blessings that I'm very thankful for, and which is perfect for this time of the year because, you know, being thankful and looking at all the blessings that we have, boy, Tom sure, certainly is one of the ones in my life. He was a Division II national champion and an All-American at Florida Southern. He was named the Teacher of the Year just about everywhere he's been. Golf Magazine has named him a Top 100 Teacher just about every year since 2000. Today, Golf Tips Magazine named Tom one of the Top 25 Instructors in America for the 2019 and 2020 seasons. He's also a contributing editor for their magazine. And uh, Adding Tom and his instruction and his tips is the reason why I became a subscriber to Golf Tips Magazine. And uh, I am very honored. He is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, TP, thanks for coming back on the show. Chris, it is always a pleasure to be with you, pal. And uh, that introduction is way too long and boring. So let's let's skip that in the future. That's, that makes me cry so bad. It's just uh, awful. <laughs> Sorry, TP. God, so, Tom, to I wanted to start... Our- I wanted to start our time sort of right there, if you will, with Golf Tips Magazine and you're being named a top 25 instructor and your role as a contributing editor to the magazine now. Huge honor. Congratulations, my friend. Yeah, Chris, thank you. A couple of years ago at the PGA Merchandise Show, Vic Williams, who Matt just uh, talked about in, his, in your last segment, and uh, I can't believe that, actually, just on a side note, that Matthew Lawrence named William McCovey one of his idols instead of me. That broke my heart, but... Uh, Vic Williams, uh, yeah, Vic Williams, who's a wonderful man and has resurrected golf tips from the, from the ashes and, and brought it back and done a great job doing it. Sat with me at the show and asked me to come on board at that point, uh, to do some writing and, and, and as a contributing editor and then asked me later on, you know, what I thought about the magazine, what, what, what direction it needed to go. And I said, every magazine has a list. And frankly, there's a lot of people out there that, that, uh, are really talented people and are get bypassed for a variety of reasons, most of them political, if you ask me, from different lists. And, and, and some of these lists are just, um, they kind of make me laugh, quite frankly. But, you know, how would you construct a list, TP? How would you do it? And I sat down with Vic. I said, listen, I'd like to do this with you. And uh, he made me a co-chairman on uh, on on the resurrection of a, of a top 25 list. We just finished it, and they've been he's been rolling it out, you know, uh, day by day this month with the list. So check it out. It, GolfTipMagazine.com, but we've really, I think, put together a list of people who are. If you look at their accolades and their and their and their background, uh, it's a really maybe the strongest top 25 list there is anywhere. So kudos to Vic for for wanting to do that and embracing that project. But it's been it's been fun for both of us, and uh, I think after January one, you'll see that magazine change radically uh, and and really become 
the premier golf instruction book out there. Uh, no, no, no fluff, no advertising, no, you know, you know, gadget stuff, just really good instructional stuff. And it's going to be a real go-to place for people who want to get better. And to that end, Tom, talk about the things that people are going to be able to see from you in the magazine. When I found out that you were involved and you were a editor and obviously in the top 25, boy, that got me to sign on the dotted line. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that Vic and I tried to embrace in putting the list together, we talked a lot about it, was you know, I wanted to put together a list of people who are in the trenches every day, who have been recognized for their work, who are really sound, fundamental teachers, who have a, have a record, a real solid record of making people better. Um, and, you know, I think I think a lot of these lists now, Chris, if you look really closely at them, um, the, the person is, a, is at a resort that advertises in the magazine. The, the person is at a, uh, a destination that advertises a lot in the magazine. And that's how that list really got constructed, not because of what they've accomplished. And I, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for saying that. That's okay. I get in a lot of trouble every day anyway. Who cares? Um, so we wanted to put together not people who are at resorts necessarily. Well, they, they could be people who have accomplished things in the industry because the things that they write, the things that come out of their mouth, and the things that they believe in make people better. So uh, I, I think that was the onus we proceeded on, and, and that's what people will read and, and, and embrace and, and realize when they, when they see this book in the future. These people are really go-to people, um, people that you want to be around if you want to get better. Tom, switching gears a little bit, this time of year with, you know, Black Friday being last week, Cyber Monday being yesterday, and the holidays right around the corner, I'm sure many people either just bought new clubs or they're hoping to get new clubs for the holidays. Talk about the importance of taking those clubs and getting properly fit. I mean, you know, you, Chris, I, you're, you're teeing this one up for me, and I appreciate that, but that's a big part of my belief system in teaching, you know, I mean, a lot of the average golfers come to me and say to me, well, I, I got to get better first before I get fit. And I say, no, no, you got to get fit before you're going to get better. Because if the equipment doesn't allow you to swing to balance, I'm, you're really handcuffing me as a teacher. I need stuff in your hands that will allow you at your skill level, at your, at your creation of speed level, at your balance level to get better in all those areas. So the equipment is really vital and getting fit for really good equipment is really vital. Um, you know, I, I, I work a lot with a, a group of guys called, from a place called Pete's Golf on Long Island in New York when I'm up there in the summer, and they do an incredible job. They're very fundamental. They're really good fitters. They've been doing it for a thousand years. Um, and, and if in my New York crowd, I insist that listen, this is this has to happen if we're going to work together. You have to. If I if I detect that the stuff in the bag is really faulty for them, or really out of fit for them, I really insist that they do that first before we start our journey together. So I'm a big believer in that kind of stuff. So, and and I, thanks for taking up that question. That was an easy one for me. You got to make them harder. Chris. <laughs> My bad, Tom. So, <laughs> Tom, you've recently made your way back down to your winter location in Naples, Florida. And for, for those of us that either want to escape the winter cold and, and need help with our swing, or, you know, we're, at, we're in that area, and we want to come in and, and get first-class instruction and spend some time with you. Talk about the TP Golf School and what you've got at the Esplanade Golf and Country Club. Well, Chris, I got, I got, to, I got to confess. I, I, I have a week off of the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm sitting in front of my uh, second home with my wife in Key West, Florida, 
We've been on the boat fishing all week. I haven't touched a golf club in eight days. I feel like a junkie who's coming off off a heroin addiction. <laughs> I'm just starting to stop. I'm just starting to stop shaking. I went, you know, I went uh, basically um, five and a half months in my summer trek through the Northeast. I drove 15,500 miles in a car this summer, teaching all over the Northeast. Another 7,000 miles on a plane. And I didn't have any time off. So I came back to Naples, taught a little bit at the end of October, came down here for five days, went back, taught about 12 days. And I've been down here for eight days again. And I'm, I'm just starting to decompress and stop shaking. So wow. um, I'm, I'm cheating. I'm cheating. I'm sitting here looking at a, at a, at a, at the harbor in Key West and the sailboats kind of rocking back and forth on a breezy evening. And I, and I, I, I don't, I don't, when you said Esplanade, I started shaking again. So I, I, I'll answer the question, but it's after my addiction stops. No, seriously, I, thank you. Uh, TP Golf Schools is in Naples, Florida, at a place called Esplanade, which is a wonderful, a wonderful player-friendly golf course on the north side of town. And uh, although I will take another week off at Christmas time, come January 1, we rock and roll there from January 1 to May 15th. Um, I'm hoping very shortly to get back to you. I've got my fingers crossed. I'm in the middle of a negotiation, which I can't say much about now. And I'll put a teaser out there. I'll keep my fingers crossed and hope it happens for a incredibly um, exciting possibility. And again, it hasn't happened. I'm in a negotiation right now. It could be the most exciting news I've ever had in my career about where I may finish my career um, in terms wow. of my summers. And if it, ha and if it happens... Chris, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ship you up there for a day to do a live broadcast because it'll be some place that you want to do one from, and I'm just I hope like I said I hope it happens. Um, it could be uh, it could be incredible, and it's it's a a place you've heard of a thousand times and you're very familiar with. It's an extremely uh, high profile, famous place. It's got I'm gonna use some clues. It's, it's got public access. Um, Ooh. It may be the premier. I think I think if you look at it, you call it the premier public golf destination on the planet. Um, and uh, they've never had a director of instruction. And they're thinking about blowing up that situation and making it really special. And I'm hoping to be part of it. So we'll see what we'll see if it plays out. I might be have I might I might be getting way out ahead of myself and have egg in my face. But the the negotiation has gone quite well so far. And um, I'm flying to this destination in the middle of December to hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, close the deal. Um, but in the meantime, like you just said, Esplanade from January 1 to May 15th will always be my winter destination. Um, for those who are trying to get out of the cold northeast or cold wherever they are, Chicago, wherever, Naples is not exactly hard duty. It's I call it paradise. Um, we're already booking January through May very actively. Uh, we, we always get, you know, it's always funny because people get past the holiday and then all of a sudden it kind of clicks in. They go, okay, my golf, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And typically January 1, I have a, I wake up and the email box is tripled that, that morning and we go. But we're already, because of the cold snap in the Northeast already, we've already gotten a bunch of those emails and we're already active. So if you're looking for a spot, don't wait too long because, uh, I hate nothing more than hate disappointing people and turning them away. Well, TP, I got my fingers crossed on the uh, on the new deal. So, looking forward to hearing all about that. So, 
good luck in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully when you're ready, you'll come back and, and make some announcements here on the show. I'd love to hear all about it, my friend. I'd be happy to make the first announcement with you if it happens, Chris. Tom, for our listeners who are like me, ready for the senior tour age, right? We're 50, 60, even getting into uh, their 70s like my parents who both play the game. Give us some tips for how we continue to can continue to play good golf you know, far into our senior tour age years. You know, I, 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 I think you're taking a shot at me, Chris, because you know October 6th I turned 60, so just, just calm down there, pal, and be nice to your parents, okay? Um, <laughs> it's funny, when, when I have junior golfers come to my team now, which is still my favorite thing to do, you know, they, they, they call me Mr. Patrick, and it makes me quiver. It actually makes me quiver. Um, I, 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 I had the neatest little brother and sister team from Orlando come see me last week. They were... I think they were nine and eleven. They've been wonderful young kids and talented, two young talented kids, and uh, the new students of mine. And and the and the little girl asked me if I was if I was when my hundredth birthday was going to be. I, oh my! I almost fell out of my I almost fell out of my wheelchair. But um, <laughs> senior senior golf is a senior golf is an interesting thing. I mean, uh, I have uh, obviously uh, become extremely aware of the last fifteen years of my life of this thing called the aging process. And I've really devoted so much of my time um, to figuring out ways for my senior players, and I call senior 50 and above, to, um, to either slow down the clock tremendously, if not stop the clock, and, and gain some extra mileage. So, but, you know, so many of my, uh, my seniors have to drink the Kool-Aid in the sense that they have to understand that, going back to your equipment comment earlier, you know, you have to reevaluate your equipment every every three to five years and minimum as things change. You have to keep up with your health and fitness. You have to keep up with controlling your weight, your flexibility. Um, you know, all those things, your sleep patterns, your nutrition, they become so much more important than people understand. We, you know, we've watched the PGA Tour embrace this, uh, and we kind of go, well, they're high-performance vehicles. But the senior golfer, the senior recreational golfer who wants to play better, and actually can still improve post-50, post-60, and, and beyond. Um, it's, it's all about their fitness and their ability. You can't become captive in your own body. And I, and I see so many senior men especially who are either overweight or, you know, don't do anything for their flexibility or their tone or anything, and they really think they're going to play better, and, and, they, and they're not. They're not. And, and, and I... I get accused of being too harsh sometimes with those guys, but, you know, I, I basically turn away business at times because I'm not interested in failing when somebody comes to me. To be successful as a teacher, you have to have a student that wants to be successful. And if they're not willing to buy in and drink the Kool-Aid on the fitness side, the flexibility side, the balance side, then, then you're going to fail. You're going to fail as a teacher. And I don't want to take anybody's check if I can't be successful with them, and I will not do that. Tom, one more before we let you go, and, and you're involved with Links to Freedom up in uh, Virginia. Talk about what that is and what that program's all about. Yeah, I've got an announcement and a proposal for you tonight, Chris. I know how much the military means to you and, and the service these people do and the sacrifices they make and the sacrifices their family makes. And in the last two years, a good buddy of mine that I played junior golf with named Steve Greiner, who's a PGA professional, has done an incredible job at Fort Belvoir in Virginia. 
and he's he's scraping funds together. He's got some government assistance, but not enough. And he started his own uh, project called Links to Freedom. Uh, Fort Belver in Virginia is also tied to the Walter Reed Medical Center, which we all know what that is. And he he gets people back who have tremendous you know tremendous injury, um, loss of limbs, post traumatic stress disorder, uh, suicidal tendencies, just some some horrific stuff because of what they've been through and what they've seen. And it not only affects the soldier, be it male or female, but then obviously the trickle down and the effect on their families is tremendous. He's taken in these people and taken in their families as well and, and created the links to freedom. And I go down every year now and spend a day down there with these folks, and, and uh, golf has become a tremendous vehicle in their lives. Steve is doing an incredible job down there. Uh, there there's a website, Links to Freedom. Please please go on if you're listening and you know, any donation is, 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 is helping Steve and helping these people who deserve our help. Um, but my proposal tonight is, is every time we're on the show together, Chris, I want you to announce this and any active military or retired military can come to me for the friends and family rate of a hundred dollars for a golf lesson. And I will then take 50 of that hundred dollars and send it to links to freedom for eternity. So, I want wow. us to talk about that every time I come on, and we're going to call it the Links to Freedom slash Next on the T project. And every single military that's active or retired can come take a golf lesson for me in either my New York location or Florida in Naples anytime. They just have to mention either Links to Freedom or Next on the T, and I will charge them $100, and after $100, $50, I will write a check out of my business account to Links to Freedom every single time for eternity. Wow. That's fantastic, Tom. Thank you so much for for being a for for being linked to that, if you will, links to freedom and the things that uh, you're going to be doing for them. And uh, hopefully we can get that program up and running and, and uh, financially healthy very, very quickly. So that's fantastic stuff. And I appreciate you coming on the show yeah, yeah, to talk let's, about let's, that. Let's make, sure, let's, let's make sure we mention that each time and I'll make sure I, I go through the, uh, go through the protocol each time we're on the show and uh you, know, we can, you can put something on your website about it and maybe you know send a post to my website and and also to my uh social media platforms and i, I you know i want to get a link to the show tonight when we're done you can send it to me and i'm going to send it to steve so he's aware he doesn't even know i propose that he's going to hear about it for the first time when he listens to your blog and i'll send him the link and uh these people are it's incredible what they've gone through christian you, you know you've, you've been exposed to it you understand what i'm talking about but people yep. who don't see it first people don't see it firsthand to just hear about it or read about it if you don't touch it and feel it and see the pain in these people's eyes and what they've gone through and what they've lost and what they sacrificed and how it's impacted their lives and their families you, you, you kind of say well that's that's a heartfelt story and you kind of turn the page well folks let me tell you something it's incredible what these people have gone through and what they've seen and what they've the anguish they've 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 taken in in their lives and we need to help them Fantastic stuff, Tom, and thank you very much for doing that. Before we let you go, though, let remind our listeners all the ways they can stay up uh, up to date with all the great things that you're doing, Tom, whether it's on your website or it's on social media. Thanks, Chris. Well, yeah, the website is just simply TomPatry.com, at TomPatry on Twitter. Um, there's there's, a, there's two Facebook pages. So you just, you look at the, just look for Tom Patry on Facebook. There are two locations, Instagram as well. Um, 
and you get out of the cold northeast or the cold Midwest and come on down and share some sunshine. But uh, uh, I, Chris, uh, forget forget finding me. They need to find you because this show is fantastic. The people have you have on are fantastic. The stuff I follow that you do on Twitter and your social media platforms is is just so great for golf. Um, people like Mitch Lawrence, just wonderful guests. I mean, it's it's awesome. I, I, how the ESPNs of the world and, and the golf channels of the world haven't found you and scooped you up yet is beyond me because there's so much, pardon me, crappy talent out there that has, has space on those platforms. It, it should be you. Ah, well, I appreciate you saying that, Tom. That means a great deal to me, my friend. And uh, what also means a great deal to me is the time you come and you spend on the show and, and the great stuff that uh, that you continue to do all over the country and uh, all the miles and that uh, that you're logging. So thanks thanks for everything you do for the game of golf, for instruction, and for your time tonight, Tom. I hope we uh, get the opportunity to catch up again real soon and hear about this great new opportunity that uh, hopefully is just right around the corner for you. Chris, God bless you, pal. I hope to talk to you soon, man. Have a great night. Take care, Tom. All the best to you and your family. Happy holidays. We'll catch up soon. Yes, sir. That is the great Tom Patry. P-A-T-R-I is how he spells his last name. TomPatry.com. Great golf site. Go check that out. And, uh, you know, now being a top 25 instructor for Golf Tips magazine, I'm telling you, when I found out that Tom was involved in a playing editor as well, that uh, certainly got me to subscribe. And uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. And I can't recommend Tom highly enough. Go down and see him in in uh, in uh, Fort Myers, and then uh, looking forward, really looking forward to hearing what uh, this great new opportunity is. Fingers crossed on that. Hopefully, we get to have Tom back on the show to hear all about it here in just a couple of weeks. All right, now joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Joe Ossel. Let me give you some background on Joe. He earned his college degree from Mississippi State in their golf management program. Became a PGA professional back in 1994. In 98, he was named the Colorado PGA Teacher of the Year. The Denver Business Journal and Golf Week Magazine both named him a top 40 under 40, A, as an entrepreneur and B, as an instructor. He's on the board of directors for the Colorado PGA. 1995, he co-founded Golf Tech, and he has helped grow that organization from one person and $90,000 in revenue to a $100 million company with over 850 employees worldwide, including 400 PGA professionals. They do about 1 million golf lessons every year, and they're going to professionally fit you to your clubs as well. You heard us talk about that with Tom Patry a moment ago. 2002, he won the the Young uh, Alumni of the Year Award from Mississippi State, and in 2008, Ernst & Young named him the Entrepreneur of the Year for the Rocky Mountain region. And I am very honored that Joe is with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Joe, thanks for joining me. Hi, Chris. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm fantastic. Thanks for your time. So appreciate that great introduction. It's an honor to be on your show. I I thank you for that as well. That means a lot to me, Joe. So, Joe, I want to start our time tonight by, first of all, it wasn't long after you graduated from Mississippi State that uh, you become a, a PGA professional and then boom, you're, you're Colorado's PGA teacher of the year. That's that's pretty rapid ascent through the organization, if you will, through the PGA. Talk about your decision. To, hey, when did you decide, you know what, I want to be a teacher here and then uh, to go, go progress from that to being teacher of the year in your home state. Well, it was really interesting. When I graduated, I left campus and finished my degree in December of 1994. And I really had a dual passion for teaching golf 
and for business. And I loved them both. And I was trying to figure out how I could make a career in both of those areas and was fortunate to partner with Clayton Cole, who was the head professional at Cherry Hills Country Club in Denver, where I, I had done one of my internships. And we opened our first golf tech location with a different name for the first year back then. But we opened our first location just a few months later in April of 1995. And we're quickly really busy and people from all of Denver were pouring through our doors. And I was giving a couple thousand lessons in that first year and uh, word spread and more people kept pouring in. And before you knew it, we had you know, a few locations and our business was growing and I got involved with the Colorado PGA and I was a PGA member and uh, was incredibly fortunate at that young age to be named their teacher of the year. It was a really a incredible honor early in my career. And Joe, as I was doing some research on your background, I saw, you know, started looking around Mississippi State and now their leadership award is named in your honor within the golf management, pro- uh, golf management program. That's tremendous. Good for you. That's got to be something that's uh, very meaningful for you to now have an award name for you at your alma mater. Uh, that really was. I, when they called me last year with that idea, I was just truly floored. And there's been a thousand and some graduates from the golf management program at Mississippi State. And to have uh, their leadership award in my name was was really an incredible honor. And I was uh, thrilled to do that. And I've, I've met um, the, the two winners that they've had so far. And I hope for in the rest of my life, I'll continue to meet their award winners. And Joe, as you mentioned a moment ago, right, you're starting up the first ever golf tech and how all of the you know folks started coming, you know, pretty much as soon as you started that that business. So, but take us through, how did you go from, you know what, hey, I got an idea here, right, to have this golf tech and to have, a, you know, a place for people to come to take lessons to you take the idea to making it a reality. What was that span of time and how did that happen? Well, Clayton Cole, as I mentioned, the, my uh, partner in the beginning, he had this computer that measured your golf swing and it measured the motion of your swing. It's very prehistoric compared to what we have today, but it was very cutting edge in 1994, 1995. He had it in the basement at Cherry Hills Country Club for the members to use it. And the members kind of liked it, uh, but Clayton had this idea to see what would happen if we opened to the public and, and let all of Denver come? Cherry Hills is a very private club, and there's no way the you know residents of Denver could just come in and try this computer. And a, a member happened to own a strip mall and made us a deal on some space uh, to open our first location. And it was really just an experiment. We didn't know if people would show up. Uh, we didn't know if we could make them better. We didn't know if we could make this a, a profitable business. And all three things came together. We were um, really fortunate in the beginning with some great PR, both uh, the Denver newspapers. Back then, there were two newspapers. We're down to one now. But but both the Denver newspapers did front-page stories on us in the sports section, and it just kicked us off, and we were very fortunate. And people came in, and then, you know, like any business, you have to deliver, and people have to get better. And our combination of the motion measurement and the video uh, analysis uh, proved to work really well. And then once people started improving, the referrals just started coming in. And then we really built our business heavily on referrals ever since then. And as you mentioned, right, you know, the the anxiety of whether people will show up. Do you remember the first day and the grand opening of your first location? Uh, I do. I do re- remember that. The, um, we had a bit of a rolling start with some practice, and one of the guys was in there for a few weeks ahead of me, kind of getting it going. And then uh, 
I remember that first day, and I, the one thing I remember specifically is a customer who came in that day. His name was Roger Greenberg, and he came in that day at 5 p.m., and he came every Monday at 5 p.m. for nearly 15 years. He still comes in now, but he was the most loyal customer and became a great friend, and I, you know, I remember meeting him and then the great friendship that we built over the years. And and Joe, you know, fast forwarding to to today, right? With with our lifestyles, and everyone's always on the run, and time is is uh, few and precious. Talk about the length of time it takes for a lesson to come into one of your locations, get a lesson, and then the ability to review that video and digest that information. And then when you know when we're home, you can take it with you everywhere you go on all of our media devices. But talk about you know how what you guys provide really fits into everybody's, you know, fast lifestyle these days. It sure does. So we make sure, except for your first visit, which is an hour, we make sure our students are in and out in 30 minutes. And what really enables us to do that is our technology because we put these motion sensors on you. It takes just a couple seconds to put a strap on your shoulder and a strap around your waist. And we measure your swing. And within one swing or two swings, we have all of the data on your golf swing. And we have these model swings. We tested 200 tour players with our sensors. So we have a model swing based on the best players in the world. But we've also given almost 9 million golf lessons to amateurs. And we have big data on the golf swing. And we have amateur data by handicap. So we can tell you if you're a 15 handicap, but you want to be an 8 handicap, well, here's how 8 handicap players swings differ from yours. If it may be the the thought to try to swing like a tour player is too big of an aspiration for someone. We can help you in steps along the way. And the, the point I'm getting to is within two swings, we have your data. We match you against our model and we can instantly tell you what's wrong with your swing. And, uh, you know, a coach watching you with just their eyes, it might take a little longer to analyze your ball flight and watch some swings and, and figure it out. But it only takes us a couple minutes and then we can spend the remaining 27 minutes fixing your golf swing. And our, our, our students commit to, to multiple lesson plans. We establish a game plan with them from beginning to end on how we're going to get them better and how we're going to get them to their goals. So once you're coming in for lesson seven or eight or lesson 20, you're working through your plan. We don't have to do the introductory stuff anymore. And it just makes it very, very efficient for you to get in and out. We're in an indoors or in a controlled environment. So you don't have to change your clothes if you're going to sweat or anything like that. You can come as you are. Uh, and then as you mentioned, once that lesson is over, you don't have to try to remember everything we told you. We put your entire lesson online, and you can watch it from a computer. You can watch it from your, your smartphone. You can watch it from your iPad. Uh, we have a mobile app that you can use or our website, and you can re-listen to your lesson, hear what our coach is telling you. You can see your videos. You can see your data. Uh, if we had um, ball flight analysis, you can see your launch monitor data, and everything is there available for you to review your lessons in between your visits. And Joe, you guys are the largest employer of PGA professionals in the world. Talk about your strategic alliance with the PGA of America and how your golf tech university helps keep PGA professionals up to date and trained. Well, that, that's right. We, uh, we employ about 850 coaches around the world, about 750 of them are PGA of some kind of all, all around the world. And PGA of America is our dear friend and they, we do a lot with them and we do have a, a formal alliance with them. You know, it mostly centers around employment, making sure that we continue to provide career opportunities for, for PGA pros. We, we need to hire about 175 PGA pros just this year. So we're making sure we're growing employment. 
And then the other aspect, as you mentioned, is education, making sure we are helping PGA pros become better and better. We've created what we call Golf Tech University, and it's a month-long program that you have to go through before we allow you to teach in a golf tech. And it doesn't matter who you are. You just had a, a great uh, man, Tom Patry, on your show. He's fantastic. And if he came to work at Golf Tech, he'd have to go through Golf Tech University. It's a program we have for everyone. It's, it's in Denver where you learn our data. You learn our research about the swing. You learn how to work our software. You learn about club fitting. You learn about customer service. And we're really trying to elevate the skill level of um, PGA professionals once we hire them. They're already PGA members. They're already great golf professionals. But we try to help them really take their skill set to a new level when they join Golf Tech. Joe, just a couple more before we let you go. And and I saw a previous interview that you have done, and, and someone asked you the question, if you could play any golf course in the world, which one would it be? And you said that you've been fortunate enough to play Augusta National, but you'd love to go back and play it with your father and your brothers. And for all of us who dream every day about the opportunity to get to play at Augusta National, let us live vicariously, if you will, through your eyes. What was it like, you know, starting with the drive up Magnolia Lane and then getting the opportunity to go out there and play the course? Well, it was an incredible experience, and incredible isn't even the right word. But the one thing that is interesting is I played with a good friend of mine, Tom Sullivan, and 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 a member as well. And the Tom happened to be blind, and I played with a blind golfer when I played Augusta, which made it even more special. But the I played there a long time ago. I played there in the late '90s, and that was when they were primarily still just showing the back nine on TV, and the front nine was still a little bit more unknown, a little bit more of a mystery. But everyone knew that 10th hole at Augusta, the downhill dog leg left. And we're on the putting green. Getting, we'd already been to the driving range and warmed up. And we're on the putting green, hitting a couple putts, getting ready to go. And there were two groups heading to the first tee. And our member said, hey, let's just go off the back. There's nobody on the back. It'll be a little uh, you know, less crowded. And not that the place is ever very crowded, but let's go off the back and we'll have the, the, the nine to ourselves and, and let's go. And you know, I went from just, Casually hitting a couple putts, thinking I was heading to the first tee that I really didn't know what I was getting into, to within 30 seconds later, I'm on the 10th tee at Augusta National that everybody knows that hole, and I'm about to hit one down that hill. And, I mean, I was so tingly, I could hardly swing. And it was, um, that you know, there's a lot of great memories from, from that day. I, I actually I shot it like 78 or 79, but I parred 10, I parred 11. And then I got up and down from the back bunker on 12 for par. And I'm wow. thinking, oh, my gosh, here I'm, I'm heading to 13. I'm going to hit this in two. I'm going to be under par. And I promptly cold-topped it in the creek off of 13 feet. So that, that brought me back to reality. Uh, but it was a fun start. And, that you know, of all the memories, that's probably the, the best one is the, the start to my round and the surprise start on hole 10. Joe, can you give us a little peek into uh, what you might have planned as we look ahead to the PGA uh, Merchandise Show in January? What do you guys got uh, going on, or can you give us a little peek under the tent for what you might be presenting or talking about? Sure. So, um, you know, we have uh, 200 golf techs in 100 cities around the world, and everybody we do business with is in one place for four days, whether it's people from the PGA or people from Callaway or TaylorMade or our, our partners or technology providers or PGA professionals that we employ or that might want to join our team. Anybody we work with is in one place. Um, and I'll typically have 
40 to 50 meetings in those three days. It's it's nonstop catching up with everybody that we work with. Um, we don't always make new announcements there because it's a little more of an industry show, not a consumer show. So our new announcements are more you know consumer focused. I, I can tell you though, this year around the first of the year, we'll be launching both a new putting analysis uh, software and app. And we'll be launching a new mobile app. So both of those for us are in final development and testing and will be some big announcements for us as we roll into the first of the year. Uh, but the PGA show is one of my favorite weeks of the year. Uh, I'm usually on the golf channel and they, they cover us and it's just a great time to be with everybody we do business with around the world in one place for four days. To let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things that you guys are doing, what you guys have in the offering here in the in the not too distant future? But how can they stay up to date with all of those things, whether it's on your website or on social media? Yeah, thanks. It's it's real easy. It's golftech.com, G-O-L-F-T-E-C.com. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Golf Tech, and we, we, we tweet multiple times a day. You can easily catch up with us. And then we're Golf Tech on Facebook as well uh, and on Instagram. And you can find us everywhere, and we have a lot of content um, both on, on our business and on flowing and a lot of uh, high-quality golf instructional content as well. Well, Joe, it's it's been a thrill having you as part of the show. Thanks for taking time out of your day to come and join me. I hope you'll come back and, and join me again sometime and keep us updated on all the great things you guys are doing because it's very important to the golf industry and uh, it's very important to all of us that are in need of swing analysis, swing improvement, golf instruction, and then obviously getting fit for our clubs as well. So thank you very much for your time. Chris, it's my pleasure. Great questions and thanks for having me today. Joe, happy holidays to you and your family. I look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you very much. That is uh, Joe Ossel. He is the found, co-founder and CEO of uh, Golf Tech. And folks, um, boy, you take a look around their website and uh, some of the things that they've got out on social media. But boy, what great stuff and what great technology. Think about that. You can go in within 30 minutes, two swings. And they're going to tell you where you've got some opportunities in your golf swing. And then what the, one of the things that I like that I read prior to Joe coming on the show, and then we talked about it, is the fact that not only are they going to be able to help you, you can take that with you, right? You can go home and they're going to give you a link and you're going to be able to bring that up on your tablet, your smartphone, your computer, and then continue to remember the things that they told you that way. You can take it out on the golf range with you and that sort of thing. So it's, it's not a kind of a one and done, and now you're trying to remember, how did he tell me to do that? What did he say? What did she say? Right? You can bring that with you. So that stuff is fantastic. And then, like we talked with Tom Patrick, they, you know, you can go in there, and they're going to fit you for clubs. So when you're in the market for new golf clubs, you have the opportunity to go in there, and they're going to fit you. And it's not just for one brand. They're not a, a Ping outlet or a TaylorMade out, outlet or, or a Callaway outlet. They're going to find what is best for your swing, whatever that brand happens to be. And then you're going to have the complete, you know, ensemble, if you will. You're going to have perfect clubs for your swing, and then you're going to have the lessons and the video to back that up. So it's great stuff. Golftech.com and tech is T-E-C. So golftech.com and then follow them on Twitter and uh, and on Instagram as well. Look forward to having Joe back on the show, hopefully in January when they're talking about all the great things that they've got coming up uh, for this golf season. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee and want to send a, a sincere thanks out to my good friend Mitch Lawrence, my other good friend Tom Patry, and now my new friend Joe Ossel for being a part of the show. Can't thank you guys enough 
for coming back and making us a part of your golf content this week again. Uh, please give me your thoughts. Check out our page on Facebook, Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. Share your feedback, your comments right there on the page. Plus, if you've got a question for one of our guests, whether that's a previous guest or a future guest, please let me know. Be glad to get that uh, question answered for you. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net. That's where you're going to find our schedule right there, plus links back to our page over on Podbean so you can listen to any of our nearly 300 episodes, any of our archive episodes for free by going to our site or going over and looking us up on podbean.com. Can't thank those folks enough for featuring us right there prominently in their golf section. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazari and our announcer Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio, or again, you can find that show as a uh, featured podcast in the NFL fan section over on Podbean. You can, you can find us also all across the net, whether it's on iHeartRadio, Audio Boom, Spreaker, Stitcher, Tune in where just about anywhere you're consuming podcasts, you're going to find Thursday Night Tailgate and this show next on the T. On Thursday Night Tailgate, we're joined every week by five NFL legends who come on and share stories from their playing days, plus give us their insights into what's going on around the league now. Plus, we also highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. Again, that show available online on our website, ThursdayNightTailgate.com over on Podbean, this show next on the T.net, also on Podbean as well. Folks, thanks for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We know you got thousands of shows and podcasts to listen to. We really appreciate the fact that you are making Next on the T one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and me Tuesday to hear more stories about the game.